Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Well, well, well. If it couldn't get crazier, if it just couldn't get crazier. Welcome, welcome, folks. It is the notorious one himself, V. <clears throat> I'm just breaking down the uh, latest information of the day. And I love to gather information, especially if that information really coincides with the data, the real trajectory of what's going on. And it's damn remarkable. Really damn remarkable. I cannot begin to tell you. Folks, I'm telling you right now. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to really go out there on a limb. When Dow 29,000 happens, my God, I will be looked at as a, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to, you know, you know, get my head too big, but darn it, man. I mean, <laughs> damn near genius, damn near genius that I called it years ago. And the fundamentals are backed up by the technicals, and we see that with uh, Dex and his um, pulse wave trading. His pulse, his pulse wave system. And it's all pointing in one direction. Now, there's a lot of things <clears throat> that are going to coincide with this. The previous day I made mention of the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund. And I said how the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund is looking to gravitate away from European investments, gravitate away from Asian investments, and begin to start looking at, quote-unquote, on a surface level, what is perceived to be by many, the most liquid, most solvent, most stable market. And in a lot of ways, it is. And I'm talking about this and looking at it from a very myopic point of view. Taking away any sort of the fundamental flaws that are within the economy itself. So you got the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund. You have the situations in the Middle East. You have the situations that are in Central and South America. Folks, there is capital flight occurring globally, and it's heading in one direction. It's heading here. When big money's moving out of Australian real estate because the commodity markets in Australia is dead, where do you think they're flying to? That's right. When the local currency again, for at this point maybe the fifth or sixth time that has collapsed in Argentina, where is the big money heading to? It's heading here. And one of the things that Trump has proven, with, especially with his trade war, that a lot of people don't get, he has literally exploited and exposed the weaknesses that are within the Chinese economy. 
you know, prior to this, everybody's like, you know, the Chinese are impossible. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're impregnable. Their manufacturing base is too wide. It's too deep. Their markets are incredibly liquid. Uh, they have more gold than God himself. Rumors of 20 and 30,000 tons of gold, supposedly. I can't verify any of that. I've looked and I work in the gold industry, as you all know, unlike some talking heads. I can't find it. <clears throat> and then something that I've been watching, especially with Hong Kong, and a lot of people don't understand this Hong Kong thing. People say, well, you know, it's, a, it's another color revolution, V, and they would be partially right. And some would say, V, the whole thing with Hong Kong, yeah, it is a, a CIA, American Intel-backed color revolution. We've seen it all throughout the Eastern European nations. We've seen it in Georgia. We've seen it in Latvia, and Bulgaria, and Romania, and so on and so forth. We've seen it, an attempt of it in Iran. We've seen it active all over Central and South America with various NGOs. And now we're calling it the Umbrella Revolution in Hong Kong. This is all about an extradition bill. And if you're looking at the growth and the expansion of China as a and, and making it the equivocal, and, and there's a, an, an equivalency warranted or unwarranted, true or not, there is an equivalency of correlating the Chinese, the Chinese economy, the CCP, with a mafia state. And when you look, and this is the reason why Huawei is attacking, look, I went over it yesterday, I'm not going to go over it again today. But we've looked into the fact also. Again, pinpointing on Hong Kong, this is this is huge. They had an extradition bill and 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 the and the, and the uh, <clears throat> NGOs which are caught on camera training protesters, paying protesters Telling them exactly how to act, how to behave, what to protest about, how to, you name it. How to take a hit from a rubber bullet. <laughs> you name it. And these NGOs have trained them. You might say to yourself, Bill, well, vegan, you know, it's because they want to spread love and democracy. This is an extradition bill. And it was and it was marketed as, if you have this extradition bill, you're going to be standing, uh, you know, a court case in China without any judge, jury. It's, it's, a, it's a, They're all kangaroo courts. You could say that. But what's the difference between their kangaroo courts and our kangaroo courts? You see, folks, in their system, it's up front and in your face. In their system, if you are part of the party, part of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, you are untouched. You are an untouchable. As long as you're in good terms with the party, you're good. It's in your face. Like I said, I uh, mentioned about this yesterday. In terms of surveillance, in terms of social credit, we have the same systems here. It's the pot calling the kettle black. When we're accusing 
another nation of doing something that we're already doing on our own citizenry. Look at our, our kangaroo courts. We have some of the most vile public individuals. Some of the most vile. We have politicians who are downright criminal. People who left to their own devices. If, if, if you and I were to do it, we'd be, we'd be thrown in jail without even, without even the hope of seeing the light of day. But yet we have, we have politicians here and people that are in power that get away with it. Look at Epstein. Oh, case closed. Oh, he killed himself in jail, supposedly. If you believe that story, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to tell you. I got a Martian derivative exchange to sell you if you believe that story. Look at James Comey. Dead to rights. Dead to rights on leaking. Dead to rights on classified information. Dead to rights. And what happens? We can't prosecute him. Gee whiz, let, let me do that. Let you and I do the same thing. We would be in jail in 2.2 seconds. We'd probably be in Guantanamo being waterboarded, waterboarded as we speak. You see, it's overt and covert. So over there, they began to market and foment to the people that this is the end of Hong Kong. This is the end of the whole entire system. Folks, the... Let me explain to you the real relationship between Hong Kong and China. Yeah, it's, you know, one nation, two systems, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> and Hong Kong is weird on so many levels. They have their own language, Cantonese, which is a derivative of Mandarin. But all the language and the, and the, and the, and the, and the fonts and all that other stuff, it's all written in Mandarin. So whenever they're speaking... They're speaking to you in Cantonese, but they're reading off a script on Mandarin when it comes to um, any sort of rec public record or, or, or whatnot, which is weird, which is the equivalent of me speaking to you English, but I'm reading off of Italian. It's, it's the craziest thing in the world. And there was a time when Hong Kong was, without a shadow of a doubt, the jewel of Asia up until Singapore's rise. And it served a valuable purpose. Hong Kong serves a valuable financial purpose the same way Dubai does. Why? Why is Dubai hot? Dubai is the largest money laundering capital of the world. Every power elite needs to get his money washed. Every investment bank needs to get its money washed. It's done through Dubai. Hong Kong is the same thing. It serves as the laundering facility for the Chinese elites and the CCP. Think about this. In Hong Kong, you have the most ridiculous over-leveraged insanity I've ever seen in my life. In the United States, our banks are anywhere between 19 to about $21 trillion in leveraged assets. I'm not talking about derivatives. That's a, that's a whole completely different animal. Let's just look on the books. Let's just look at what we know for sure. 19 to $21 trillion. So you can pretty much unequivocally say it's almost at 100% of GDP. In Hong Kong alone, in Hong Kong alone, their banks are, I believe, at 20 to 25 trillion. China, the Chinese banks that are in Hong Kong, they're about 45 trillion in assets. How over leveraged is that? And, 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 and let's just say, I'm being very conservative here, 
30 to 50% of those assets are mm, subprime, not so good. What are the odds of that? That's in trouble. So you have over-leveraged assets, and you have the most sky-high real estate prices. You know, $5,000, $7,000, $10,000 a square foot in Hong Kong. And who's buying it? Who the hell wants to buy 10,000 square foot real estate? Well, the Chinese do. Chinese billionaires. You saw the money that flew out of Vancouver when the housing market over there collapsed. When China passed laws, they didn't want, you know, capital flight. So all the billionaires that were buying property in order to park money. Vancouver became a parking lot for Chinese capital. And that's all what Hong Kong is. Folks, you got to understand, before any of this financial revolution happened, Hong Kong was nothing but a, 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 a rock outpost, a malaria-filled rock outpost with a couple of fishing huts. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Hong Kong was. Before the British came and really built it up and you have the capitalist system, free markets, it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. That's a world-class city, but it's over-leveraged to the hilt. And in 83, Hong Kong did something in order to stabilize their price. They were trying to find out what's going to be the best way for them to have their Hong Kong dollar and the Hang Seng stock market. What's the best way to go about that? And they pegged the Hong Kong dollar to the dollar, which is great. If you're, if you're a, a similar kind of an economy to the country that you're pegging it to. And they pegged it to the U.S. dollar. And when you do a peg, you got to not only follow the monetary policies and, and, and mirror those monetary policies of the country that you're pegging it to, but you're also looking at the yield curves and making the proper adjustments thereof. And when something goes wrong, like, say, ZERP, zero interest rate policy, or, God forbid, NERP, negative interest rate policy, or TWIST, or TARP, quantitative easing, one, two, and three, four, and five, to infinity, that really begins to affect your currency. So there's a lot of money, a lot of foreign capital that's parked in Hong Kong. Chinese foreign capital, Western foreign capital, Russian foreign capital, a lot of capital. With the trade war hitting the Chinese, because they cannot sustain tariffs. Not, you know, not, not at $25 billion worth of goods, but at 500 half a trillion. And this is where Trump's taking it. At half a trillion, the Chinese can't compete. They're going to falter. The pressure's on. Companies, and this is the, this is the genius of the guy here. Love him or hate him. This is the genius of, 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 of Donald. One week he says, hey, I'm gonna, eh, I'm gonna, I might raise tariffs. Next week he says, eh, I'm not going to raise tariffs. No, this week I'm going to do it. Ne- His constant waffling, whether he's going to raise a tariff, lower a tariff, what it's causing to companies that are in, this, that are in this, the, the country of China is, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't know what this guy's going to do. We need to get out. And now companies like General Motors and Boeing and Apple and Google 
they're looking at Vietnam. They're looking at Mexico. They're looking, and now the incentives are being are 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 being thrown out there with reduction in capital, you know, in capital taxes and corporate taxes. You know, bring your money back home. And you got to understand the financial sector, folks. There was years ago where I, I commented that, you know, the biggest economic engine. And when I when I mentioned China to most Americans about five ten years ago, they would just see China as a giant factory. They didn't realize that, you know, five, ten years ago, China transitioned their economy in a lot of respects from just manufacturing to, to now it's purely finance. And at $45 trillion over leverage, they kind of wrecked it. There's a lot of money that's beholden in, in the system. So in the middle of the trade war, in the middle of the pressure that's happening with the trade war, in the middle of the fact that this is putting great pressure on the, pressure on the CCP, then you're going after Hong Kong over a, a, a dubious extradition bill, which is a pretext, an artificially constructed feigning of anger, anger and indignation, a pretext. To then go ahead right after the Chinese again. Because why? Because Hong Kong, you have a lot of money parked. And when 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 and if China sends in troops, if they send in the troops, if the if the Chinese really, you know, and if the Hong Kong Kerry Lam, the, uh, the 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 CEO, the, ch- the chief executive officer of Hong Kong, allows the extradition bill. What happens? Then Hong Kong, the U.S. State Department, sees no difference, sees no variation between Hong Kong and the mainland China. There's no variation at that point, because if there's an extradition treaty that exists in Hong Kong and or you know with, with Hong Kong and China, then there's no difference whatsoever. What that means is this: if that extradition t- treaty goes through which it did, and I'll explain to you why. If it, if it have went through, that means that, let's just say, somebody was, quote-unquote, convicted of murder. And the Hong Kong, the, the way the law would work is this. Well, Hong Kong say, well, you know, murder is recognized as a capital crime, and China is saying that this guy committed murder. And without even trying the supposed person, without even trying them or putting them through, uh, through, through the, the laws of Hong Kong, they're just going to automatically hand the road to the Chinese. And at which point... People are like, wait a minute, I don't want to do that. That's going to be a kangaroo court. It's going to be a show trial. You know, anybody who's against the Chinese government and whatnot, they're going to be extradited over to, to, to China from Hong Kong. They're going to be seeking capital punishment. We don't want to deal with that. And at that point, the U.S. State Department will now start to view Chi- Hong Kong as China. That means Hong Kong becomes vulnerable to the 25% tariffs. Hong Kong becomes vulnerable to sanction. And at that point, the only, the only, the only outlet that real Chinese capital has to the outside market, the real capital that the wealthy Chinese have, the members of the CCP park their money in Hong Kong, that avenue has been cut off. You're going to have massive capital flight, and then they're screwed. If you got to understand, folks, if massive capital flight from Western investments and, and, and Southeast Asian investments and Russian investments and European investments, flee Hong Kong. You're going to cause a collapse in the Hong Kong banking sector. The 20 some odd trillion dollars of over-leveraged banking is going to come crashing down. The 
you know, $10,000 a square foot real estate is going to implode. It's unsustainable. It's insanity. It's a massive bubble. And when that comes crashing down, the very money that was parked there by the CCP gets vaporized. Gone. And that's why today, Hong Kong's Carrie Lam unexpectedly withdraws the hated extradition bill. Following the controversial reports that Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam would have left office if Beijing would have allowed it, the city-state's chief executive surprised her detractors on Wednesday by announcing that she would formally withdraw the hated extradition bill. Lam said the bill would be formally withdrawn as soon as Wednesday night. Well, the news wasn't entirely unexpected in a report published earlier in the day in the South China Morning Post. Killing the extradition bill is one of the five demands articulated by protesters, so it's unlikely that the meeting, this one demand, would end the protest entirely, but it will certainly help take the wind out of the movement's sail. Lamb didn't offer any indication that she would meet the other four demands. And then likewise, the Hang Seng started to climb. Isn't that interesting? They are pushed against the wall. They are pushed against the wall. And they were literally said if this, if they didn't withdraw that extradition bill, they knew it was going to come apart. And that's why the CCP gave Carrie Lam the order, look, pull the bill. Because it's going to, because one of the things about Chinese culture, they do not want to be embarrassed. Sending troops in to crack down on protests would be a, a global embarrassment in front of the entire world. Having the extradition bill go through will put Hong Kong as the same pedestal as mainland China, which is opening Hong Kong to the same sanctions. Putting pressure on the CCP, their laundering facility will go up in flames. You see, everything is hunky-dory so long as you don't mess with their money. That's one thing titans and elitists and tyrants have all in common. You don't mess with their families and you don't mess with their money. As it is with every man. Because what's going to happen is the capital flight. And even if they did withdraw it, what has shown, what has shown is that all of a sudden, whether the U.S. proxies that have fomented the Hong Kong revolt, whether that or whether this protest, this revolt ends in the next few weeks or the next few months, the damage has already been done. See, see, prior to this, Hong Kong was seen as a as a neutral state, as as a as a safe haven, so to speak. A safe haven in which to park your funds. It was on par with Switzerland. It was on par with Singapore. The damage has been done. The CCP will keep their money there. <coughs> Excuse me. But the capital flight out of Hong Kong has begun. The capital flight out of Hong Kong has begun. And what you're going to see in the next few weeks is the question being answered. Where to? Where to? Right here in the U.S. And isn't it funny? With a no-deal Brexit approaching, 
that all of a sudden the, the pressures in the parliament fighting Boris Johnson over there in, in the UK. Boris Johnson facing the prospect of his rule being cut short and now <clears throat> snap elections that could possibly happen. And there's talk of Jeremy Corbyn becoming PM. Jeremy Corbyn is their little socialist. And folks, Gershom's Law is pretty much, if you break it down, right? you talk about species and species goes and this, that, and the other. It's basically what Gershom's Law boils down to is money goes where it's treated well. If you make it impossible for capital to function, if you make it impossible for producers to create, if you make it impossible for capital to create wealth, it will seek better pastures. We've seen this with the French, when the idiot Francois Hollande, Francois, said he wanted to tax French up to 75%. What happened? Capital flight. And the only people that suffer in a capital flight are the poor and the middle class. And same thing with Corbyn, who is basically the British version of a Bernie Sanders. Talking about high corporate taxes, what's going to happen? Capital flight. Top income earners will want to leave. They want to go. And why is that? Why is that? The chairman of Swiss Asset Manager, who helps wealthy Britons shield their money, and tax havens, havens warned that if Johnson is defeated in a snap election and Corbyn becomes the next PM, it could trigger a wave of capital outflows as the wealthy scramble to move their assets and themselves out of the country. The big fear is not Brexit, nor even a no-deal Brexit. That makes no difference to any of our clients. The big fear would be the massive amounts of taxes. Labor's insistence on a financial transparency has led to discussions about the prospects of a new wealth transparency law, which would require anybody with more than a one million pounds to file publicly available tax returns. Think about how heinous this is. People think a million dollars, you're you're wealthy, you're rich, dude. I mean, you're in New York, you're 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 doing okay. A million dollars in New York, you're you're comfortable, you're very comfortable, you're doing okay. Because you would need to retire at least 1.5 to one to, to about 2.4 to, com- to comfortably retire. Such a law would be a step on the road toward a Elizabeth Warren-style wealth tax, one of the agendas that Corbyn has promised. He's also promised to raise income taxes for everybody earning more than 80,000 pounds, which would impact a large swath of working Britons. I guess 80,000 pounds is considered rich. So go on about $120,000 to help restore the country's property market. Look at these idiot socialists. Property market. Labor has called for higher taxes on unoccupied homes. What? Which are typically owned by the wealthy. It's also planning to reform inheritance tax laws by adding tax on real estate owned by foreigners, which would hit billionaires particularly hard. Labor has also promised to undo some of the privatizations enacted by Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, energy, water, rail services, would be among the first industries to be renationalized. The Royal Mail will also be renationalized under Corbyn's plan, not to be confused with the Daily Mail. Labor has vowed to undo the privatization of key industries. Under Corbyn, Labor has moved away from the centrism of Tony Blair's new labor. 
and toward a platform that doesn't shy away from using phrases like redistribution of wealth. And as it stands, Corbyn has said that he would move swiftly to pass legislation forcing companies with more than 250 employees to direct 10% of their equity stake into an inclusive ownership fund controlled by the workers. This is insanity, man. Folks, this is insanity. These types of Soviet systems are a recipe for disaster. And Corbyn, who has no experience, never worked a job in his life just like Bernie, never ran a business in his life just like Bernie, doesn't know what it takes to create a business just like Bernie, doesn't know what a profit and earnings, doesn't know what liabilities and assets are. A person like Corbyn doesn't understand any of this. They don't understand the difficulties of creating wealth. The monumental tasks, responsibilities, blood, sweat, and tears of running a business, they have no bloody idea what capital risk even is. And what's going to happen, and, 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 and this system, folks, I love when people come up to me and say, V, you know what, uh, socialism works, man. Well, it's never worked everywhere before. Well, that's because it hasn't been done right. It's been tr- it hasn't been tried right. It's been tried 298 times with abysmal failure, mass death, and corruption. Period. Punto final. So what do you think is going to happen? God forbid there's a snap election. What do you think is going to happen? And Corbyn wins. Capital flight. Where's it going to go? Europe? Hell no. It's coming here. Hong Kong, coming here. Norwegian Wealth Fund, coming here. The UK, coming here. And then over here, what's going to happen to create even more of a push for Dow 29,000, Dow 30,000 at this point? Negative interest rates. Bloomberg.com, former Federal Reserve Chairman Alan Greenspan recently said he wouldn't be surprised if yields on U.S. bonds turn negative, and if they do, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Why? Because there's already $15 trillion worth of sovereign debt floating out there that are paying negative yields. $15 trillion. And understand that, you got to look at it this way. We have already have a devastating interest rate situation. And the end of how this is going to play out, folks, it's... No one knows. We are... Let me explain something to you. Ever since we divorced ourselves from economic mother nature, when we gave the middle finger to fundamentals, when we gave the middle finger to the, the, the concept of having underlying assets, when we gave the middle finger and said, the heck with all of this, and we began to move from the physical economy to the electronic economy, the phantom economy, and now the phantom economy broke in, in 2008, and now we have everything being held together by electronic duct tape. We're in the point where nobody knows how this is all going to play out because everything is manipulated. Everything is construed. Everything is so jacked up. People talking about, oh, we need to start tweaking valuation models in order to correlate for the negative interest rates. It doesn't matter. 
This is why, and, and, and I'm thinking a great deal. Greenspan understands. That's why eh, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Why? Because that wealth, which is going to suck for Joe and Jane public, because they're going to have bank accounts. They put you put their money in a bank account, the savings account. It's going to be sucking the savings and the wealth right out of their account, and it's got to go somewhere to the banks. The banks love negative interest rates. Because why? They're hooked in like a bunch of junkies to the back-end Wall Street machine. They're hooked into the derivative machine. That's going to take the rehypothecated wealth right out of the Jane and Joe, Joe Public's accounts and allow them to financialize it, derivatize it, and then trade it on the back end on Wall Street for massive profits. It's a win-win for the banks. It's going to suck for you. Folks, the only thing left, if you want to make sick money, is not to park money in the bank. The only thing left is not for you to work a dead-end job doing your 9-to-5 gig and hoping things get better. And I said this, as... As the economy begins to go to that global economic reset that we're all heading to, that train has has left the station and it's in full speed right now, folks. Probably have a good another anywhere between five to ten years. But during that time, the physical economy is going to be dying a death of a thousand cuts. But Wall Street's going to be booming. And the only way that you're going to really make money for yourself, you're going to have to start trading. You're going to have to start investing. You're going to have to start making money moves. You're going to have to be very creative. You're going to have almost a guerrilla warfare mentality when it comes to your finances. If you want to stay middle class, the worst thing that can happen to you, you're getting screwed by the wealthy on top and you're being hustled by the poor on the bottom. Announced today, Stockton, California. They're already experimenting with universal basic income. It's free. Right. Folks, always remember, money goes where it's treated well. And I'll tell you, everything that's going on in the world right now, it is incredible to see this. The the global economy is on some... Oh my God! I mean, volatile—it's on some sort of a crazy undulation, the likes of which I've never seen in my life. And the only thing that I am credibly sure on is that we're going to head for a higher stock and equity prices. With that momentum, you're going to see higher gold commodities prices as well as cryptocurrency prices. It's a bold new world, and it's a brave new world. Carpe DM. This is the gorilla. I'm over and I'm out.